Hi, guys. Welcome back to Mostly Balanced with Mia and Carly. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm excited for this episode. Me too. We have good topics to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of good topics. We're answering listener questions today, and it runs the gamut between dating, relationships, and all different phases in the relationship. So before we get into it, we always like to catch up on new things. This weekend, we went to a class together, and it was so fun. Yes, we went to Salt Drop. You've probably heard me talk about Salt Drop on here before if you're an OG listener, but oh my God, it was such a good class. I thought 60 minutes was going to be crazy long because I like really only do 30 minute classes at home. But it was so fun. It went by so quickly. It was in person with Dino. His energy is the best. I just feel amazing afterwards. Yeah, I really love Dino. We ha- So we've had him on here before. <laughs> no, I do. Like it's so funny. I just like I know. genuinely I love, him. love him. We had him on here before. If you're new, then you might not know, but he was actually our first ever guest. And then we had him on a second time. Dino Malvone. We met Dino because he used to be an instructor at Bar 3, which was like one of my favorite. I loved Bar 3, but I really like when it boiled down to it, loved it because of three specific instructors. And Dino was the was one of them. Like he was amazing. His classes always sold out or filled up. He was always on a wait list. And I had a membership there and I would go like almost every single day and I would go to his classes all the time. And then when he came out with his own, he left Bar 3 and started his own workout. And it was like so cool because I already felt like his classes were like separate from the rest of bar three because he just brought such like its own energy to it. So then it was such Mm -hmm. a seamless thing to then go and go to his salt drop class when it started. And then during COVID, it really blew up and it made people take his classes all over the world. He now has instructors. And then he opened up a studio, which like Mia said, she's talked about before. She had been there before. So it's actually <laughs> like Mia connected him with her sister. And that's how he ended up landing on this space for the studio, which is really, really cool. So anyway, Mia had been there. I had never been there before. I love the space. I feel like it's just so Dino. It just kind of has his energy there. Yeah, I know. I love that because when my sister got the space and made it like very, she put a lot of work into it to make it like very unique to her yoga studio at the time. And it was so like beautiful and perfect and homey and felt like so on brand for that, for that class. But when she was looking to have someone rent it and Dino was looking for a space at the same exact time. It just felt like such a perfect transition because while it was like yoga class versus salt drop, I feel like it, it just worked. The same space like worked so well for both of them. And I feel like it's just now home for salt drop and it's such a beautiful place and I love it. And I like you used to go to bar three every day. Or so often. And I was never really like an in-person studio. I was never like committing to one place where I would go somewhere all the time. So it really took COVID and doing digital workouts for me to like fall in love with one specific workout that I would do every day. And I really did salt drop for the past like four years so consistently so many times a week and I love it. It just makes me so happy. It's the first workout that like really, really resonated with me and made me feel so happy to just be working out. Yeah, it's so funny. I was actually thinking that during the class, how like you really just like fell in love with the workout. And it was like, it's like so cool to have a workout that you actually love that much because like you obviously Mm -hmm. most of the time, any workout, even if you're like forcing yourself to do it afterwards, you'll feel good and accomplished and like you did something great. But the best workout was when you actually like 
enjoy it during the workout too. Even if you love it, you're not always going to be like so pumped to like start it. But once you're in it, you're actually loving it. And I felt the same right. way yesterday when I was like 60 minutes, like I was so nervous that I was not gonna be able to. Get class. <laughs> and then it flew by and I'm like at that point in marathon training where I have a month left less than a month now until the race, but I'm just itching to get back to all my other workouts. And salt drop is one of them that yeah. I used to do a lot. This was my first time doing it in months. So it was really, really fun. And so it's like a beat based class. It's kind of like beat based Pilates with cardio with kind of some elements of bar there's a lot going on but the number one best thing about it is the music in my opinion and the way that Dino choreographs to the music so like you feel like you're it's just like very community-esque too like you feel like you're just like all Mm -hmm. in it together you're all moving to the beat and Dino is like it's like yeah you feel like you're dancing and Dino just brings the best energy so uplifting and he says it he said on here even with us before but it's really like celebrating the fact that you can move and he like really makes you feel that like literally felt that during the class I was like this is so cool that we're like able to come and do this and that Dino is like there's just some people that you feel like just bring like such a energy and it feels like so cool that he is able to do that I was just like thinking for some reason I was very like introspective during the class and thinking about like wow how cool that we like connected with Dino and that we're able to be here and like do this class so highly recommend doing it digitally or if you're in New York City going to the studio, it's on it's in the East Village-ish, I guess, like Astro Place area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a little below Union Square, East Village area. Go. It's the best, it's the best class ever. It's honestly like therapy session slash workout. And Dino's just such a sweet, sweet, sweet man. I love him so much. He is. And it made me wish that we had like a weekly like go to his class like every Saturday or something. I just like it's just such a nice way to start the day. And then I went back to that area last night for dinner because I was so I was like in the East Village all day yesterday and all night just that I went to the house for dinner which is actually really good and then today I've just had like a really lazy Sunday and I was just telling Mia that I'm in the market and going to buy a, a scalp scrub because that's what I feel like I need to try the next product so next week I'll be sharing how I like this Coco and Eve scalp scrub I'm really excited to hear about it. I feel the week's been very busy and I just had such a relaxing weekend besides going to Salt Drop. I've just been in the area or in my neighborhood and just resting on the couch. I'm reading. I'm reading one of my favorite genre of books, like your classic thriller type novel. It's called The Night She Disappeared. So I am, I will review it when I'm done, but I really like it. Are you done with The Summer I Turned Pretty yet? No, I haven't had any time for my alone shows. I'm like craving (laughs) alone alone shows. shows. Because I watched that show, I think I might have already told you, and I watched that show on Netflix, Sweet Magnolias. And last time I had my alone time, I was home for almost a week and I was rotating between those two shows, but I only got like four episodes into The Summer I Turned Pretty. So I haven't finished it. So I can't hear the spoilers. (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk about it when you're done. I wonder, do other people call their shows like alone shows? Do you think we branded this? I think I coined (laughs) this because when you're in a relationship, and I've talked about how. Like Dan and I love television. We watch a lot of shows together, but there's certain shows that are just my alone shows. And mm-hmm. I don't watch them when he's here because we're like usually watching something else. And I know we've talked about this before. Like Dan watches his alone shows when I'm here. Like his football is his show. But yeah. <laughs> he watches it when I'm here. But I don't, would never like sit on the couch and put on The Summer I Turned Pretty or 
Firefly Lane. That's just not something that I watch when he's around. So he's been traveling so much for work now. And I've just like have fallen in love with my alone days and just yeah. my alone shows. It's funny because then I'll, when Sean and I will turn on Netflix together, he'll be like, what is Sweet Magnolias when it's like the most recent watch thing? I'm like, oh, that's just one of my alone, alone shows. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like the weeks have been so busy that I feel like the weekend this weekend was just more of like a restorative restful weekend. And that's kind of what fall and winter is for. So everyone's kind of back from summer now and back settling into their environment. It's cuffing season. <laughs> everyone's out there. On that note, we can tell you a little bit more about our sponsor, First Rounds on Me. So if you've been listening to the last few episodes, you may have heard that we're working with this dating app, which we both are obsessed with as much as you can be without actually using an app. We both <laughs> really love the idea of it. And we know people who have used it that really, really like it. So First Rounds on Me is a new dating app for people who want to cut out the small talk and actually meet for a date in person. And the way that it works is you swipe through people's profiles. And if you see someone you're interested in, you actually send them a date invite directly instead of just sending them a like or a message. You choose a drink, a location, a time, and then just hit send. And then when they receive that date invite, they can either accept it, reject it, or suggest a new drink, new location, or new time. And if they accept, then it's scheduled. Otherwise, you go back and forth, decide on a time. And then after that, the twist is you can only chat on the app 12 hours before your date is scheduled to start. So the reason for that is because First Rounds on Me wants you to get out there, meet face-to-face, and make that real connection in person. And you can only schedule one date per day and only up to a week in advance. So the chat doesn't even open up until 12 hours before you're going on the date. And that's, again, one of the number one questions we get is how to avoid that pen mm-hmm. pal stage, how to mm-hmm. actually get out on the date. And this literally is how you do it. So I love seeing this because there's some great dating apps out there. And we've both used some of them. And I met my boyfriend on one of them. But... There's nothing really like this. And I love to see like a new dating app coming to the scene that actually brings like a new twist. So if you're tired of small talk, pen pals and playing games, First Rounds on Me is for you. It's available on Android and iOS. And all you have to do is head over to the link in our bio on Instagram or in the show notes below. You can download the app, make your profile and then get out on a date. I love it. I say it all the time, but I do think this app is the closest to getting to the feeling of meeting someone in real life. I think people crave that, just wanting that attraction of seeing someone and like the way to replicate that feeling I think is this app. And it's amazing because you just get out there quick and it kind of leads us right into a question that we got today because like you said, we get questions all the time about how long to talk on the app, how to ask someone out if the conversation is just like continuing and no one's making a move or you feel like you're getting in that pen pal stage. So someone asked how long to give him to banter with you on an app before asking him out yourself. And of course, we'll answer that question. But I think using first rounds on me, there is no banter on the apps. Like you can have a quick banter before the date, but you know you're going on a date. You have something planned. You have something on the calendar and you're just going to get out there. So I love that. Yeah, I love that too. It really because I do. I love the banter. You love the banter. But like the banter in real life is so much better. And then also the banter over text is going to be better after you met them in real life. And you can also, <laughs> third point, having <laughs> all you can have all the best banter and then go out with them and not be interested in them at yeah. all. And then it's like wasted waste time, time and gets you excited for no reason. So and we we had Joe, the founder on our podcast a few months ago, and he was like saying 
that is why he in his own personal life when he was dating would get out on a date as soon as possible because you feel that connection and you can tell if there's somebody that you want to continue talking to instead of dragging it out through conversation and trying to figure it out and then waiting and wondering when they're going to ask you out. So that's like a huge selling point for that app. I think on any other app, I would say, and this is by no means I would not have like a hard and fast rule where like if we didn't have a date planned in one week, it would be like unmatched. But I would generally have like a one week timeline in my head that like at least and that's I do think that that's like a very generous thing that like at least within a week of talking, you have a date scheduled on the calendar and like soon. Yeah, I would say like 90% of the people that are on the apps are on it because they want to even if they don't want a relationship, they want to get out and meet you in real life. Like there's, that's even probably an understatement, but there's a small amount of people that are on the apps just to chat. Like I think right. that that's really strange. Or I think people who are, maybe people who are going on lots and lots of dates and the reason they're not asking you out is because they have all these other active conversations and active dates lined up. So I would just start to get like a little wary about the intentions and like, why am I continuing to talk to this person if we're not getting out there to meet? So I do think like one week, I think is a great time timeline to just have some conversation, make sure that they, you know, you've vetted them enough. You're, you have some things to chat about the conversation, the banter is good. And then just get out and meet someone. Yeah. Like ideally it should literally be in the first conversation you have with them. Like yeah. I feel like there's no need for it to be any more than that. <laughs> but I know some people are kind of like in the habit of doing that, that like they've gotten used to kind of you match, you chat, and then you ask them out. And they like people do vet you over that like few days of conversation and decide if this is someone they want to ask out because people feel like they don't probably know well enough just by looking at your profile. I personally just feel like for all the reasons we've talked about on here before, like I would just caution anybody to get like to chatting too long, like any longer than a week tops, just because you can find so many reasons then against going out with them before you actually like meet them in person, or you can get really excited about them and then meet them and not like them. So to like answer it directly, hopefully it happens in the first conversation. If not, I would give it a few days to a week before you do ask him out yourself. So I like that. That's the way that she phrased the question. Like how long do you give him to banter on the app? before asking about yourself because that is an option if you're a female and you're dating a male you don't have to wait for him to ask you out like that's the whole concept behind another dating app bumble like the girl is the one to message first and you can do that you can show your interest you can say something like you don't have to say like let's go out for drinks at this place at this time you can still put it a little bit in their core but say when they ask you questions say like oh let's save that conversation for our our first date or like should we continue this over a drink next week or something like that like you can say something sort of in like a playful way it doesn't have to be like a formal like date ask but I think that it's like there's nothing to lose again for the reason that they're on this app for the same reason you are because they want to go out and meet in real life and they matched with you because they're interested in you. So it's like you really have nothing to lose. It's like as if somebody came up to you in person in a bar and was like, hi, I'm interested in you, but then didn't ask you for your number. Like you could say like, here's my number if you're interested in them too. So like they're not just chatting. You like you already know that they that you've at least passed like the test of them having some interest. So there's not really anything to lose in asking them out. Yeah, I agree. And I liked saying what you said of just, I would do that in any kind of like flirtatious way. Like they ask you a question and just respond without answering and just saying something like, we'll talk about this on our first date or something like that. Like just make a little comment about getting them, getting them to initiate the date. But I also think if you wanted to just suggest a time and place, you can do that Mm -hmm. too. I think it's what you, you, I like what you said that, you know, they matched you, you know, they're interested. You have literally nothing to lose with this stranger. So 
suggest the date. And then the next question is for a few dates in. So how to deepen the conversation once you're four to five dates in with someone. What do you think about this? I like this. And I think I would recommend switching up what you're actually doing. I imagine like most states in New York or in cities, like you're often just going out to get drinks or like even if you're just getting coffee or going out to drink and have dinner, like I feel that's the typical the typical routine for the first few dates. And I think the best way to start new conversation is to go out and do other things. So if if it's like going to a museum or going to a comedy show or going even just on a walk where you're kind of outside and you're observing other things, like that's why I love a museum or being somewhere where you're actually like looking at stuff that's going to spark conversation or a comedy show where you're going to hear things that spark conversation. Anything just new and different than the first like several dates that you've been on, I think will naturally, if you're kind of like unsure about bringing up topics, I think those settings and those types of dates will just naturally present you with new things to talk about and it'll kind of spark conversations. And I I hope that after maybe four to five dates, you start to just feel more comfortable talking about different topics and maybe deeper conversation than you're having on the first date. And I think it was matchmaker Maria who we talked to and we bring this up sometimes that if you want to like learn more about something deeper about them, like their family or their hopes and dreams in life, I think you just start talking about your own and they'll, they'll naturally start reciprocating and talking about themselves as well. I feel like that's such good advice about changing up the activity. That was something that I really liked about Sean when he first started dating is that he was always suggesting different things. Like the first, I think the first two dates that we did were drinks and dinner. The first date was drinks and the next date was dinner and then drinks. And and after that, he suggested a museum, which was like by no means like a wasn't a crazy activity. Like that's something that like literally costs no money and you can just go and do like with anybody. But I liked it because it put us in like a different environment and it kind of like forced different convert different types of conversations. They weren't like deep and meaningful about like getting to know each other. Like I guess they weren't like very direct about us, but it was like talking about what we were seeing in the museum and just kind of like pushing things beyond like where are you from and like the basic right. first few date conversation. So just getting in a new environment, I think, can just spark that in general, but also a conversation deck. So oh, we, yes. like, we love those. We used to <laughs> always in our intro use Actually Curious. I just like pulled it out because I was thinking about it when I read this question. And that's one of we had their founder, Michael Tennant on the podcast, like, was it last year now? I feel like it was so long ago. ago. Yeah, because now I feel like he has like a one year old kid. And he was like, just yeah, right. he was pregnant. <laughs> I loved him. He's like, just such an inspiring person. He has such a great story. So we can link the episode in the show notes. But so he created this card game called Actually Curious, which is a conversation deck. I'm sure you've seen something similar. But what I love about his is that like, they really do have such different types of topics and questions. There's a few different decks and they're, they really get you thinking. You can play them with like your family, your friends, but it's also like a fun thing to bring into a date if you want, especially four to five dates in. I think it might be kind of weird mm-hmm. to bring it on like a first or second date because you should have something to talk about <laughs> without the help of right. a deck. But this like opens up your brain to other topics. Like I literally just pulled out a random one and it says, what were the holidays like for you growing up? And that's just like, a very basic question, but it will, it's not like so direct that it's not like, so what is your family life like? And like, I think that that can kind of feel like kind of overwhelming to ask sometimes or like mm-hmm. too much, but something like a fun question, like what were the holidays like for you? Or what does your family do for the holidays can tell you so much about their, fa- like about their relationship with their family without like coming out and directly asking it. So it has like a lot of cool questions that will just bring the conversation to different topics that will tell you a lot about the person. 
Yeah. They're really fun. And that's why I liked using them here on the intro because it like got us to talk about things and topics and learn, like even just share more about ourselves without, without it just coming up naturally. And when these, when you use these decks, it's like, well, the card's asking, not me. So it is another like fun way to, or light way to broach some topics that just help you get to learn more about somebody. And I think like Yes, you could bring these to like a bar, you could bring them to dinner, but I also really like the idea of going on a walk. And I think there is something to be said about Mm -hmm. being side by side and not looking directly at each other that might like get people just talking more because it's a little more like you're not staring so deeply and intensely at each other. You're walking and I think that helps people feel a little more comfortable sometimes opening up or maybe just start talking more than they normally would. That's so true. Or even on the phone. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I became a phone person this year. And I feel like that's so we talked about that with matchmaker Maria too, that like that can count as a date. So maybe you're four or five dates in and you have a phone call with the person and you kind of just either use one of these card decks or just like ask some questions that maybe you might feel intimidated to ask face to face and see where the conversation goes. I think that you can get a lot out of those phone calls. You can get to know someone a lot better without like you said, the pressure of like sitting across the table from them and feeling like it's like an interview. Yeah, you're also on on the phone literally to talk. It's like when you said, you know, someone liked you on a dating app because that's the point that you're there. But I think if you're calling someone on the phone, like it's kind of understood you're going to be talking to each other. So I think it's a fun way. Bring the cars on your next phone date. Yeah, bring them. And we have an episode coming up with Natasha Miller, who also has a car deck. It's called Wanderlust. And it's similar to Actually Curious, but it's all about sex and intimacy, which we dive into why she created this card deck and how to use it and success stories about it when we go when we have that episode with her, you can hear more about that. But that's another great one. I would also say like around the same time, like I think five plus dates in like that's a great time if you even if you're not having sex yet, like it's Mm -hmm. never too early to start talking about it. And it's kind of like a very seamless way to introduce those topics. Because like Mia said, the cards are asking you're not so you don't have to feel like you're uncomfortable asking them sex related questions, but it could be fun to bring it up. So I highly recommend a game. But I also think that you can do it on your own and going on a walk or just going on a different activity, like going on a date, that's a different activity, I think can kind of spark that. I also think and we posted a quote on our Instagram this week, just like about communication. And I just think in general, like it's normal to feel anxious or like nervous about bringing up deeper conversations or bringing up like important things like that early on. But I think that it's like a red flag if I think you should try it, just like rip the bandaid off and ask some type of question that maybe you're nervous to ask. And it's definitely a red flag if they're like turned off by the fact that you're like trying to communicate with them. Like you don't want to be dating someone who doesn't want to talk or open up, especially that many dates in. So I think that there's really nothing to lose besides finding out that this person isn't for you. And that's not anything bad about you. That's just something that you would have found out anyway. So I would challenge you to ask the questions that you want to ask. And I think it'll then become more natural. Yes, I agree. Love that question. Another question we got that I think is super relatable is how to not get too excited too early and scare them off. Mm. I think that the simplest answer here is to just keep up with your own life and have your own plans and like make plans in the future or in the near future that you're looking forward to. So you have other things besides like your excitement, like yes, getting into a new relationship or having someone that you finally like connected with and you are so excited about is it's great. Like that's so exciting. But I think also plan other things in your life. So other things are exciting and scaring them off. I don't know. I feel like I don't love the wording of that because I feel like 
if the feelings are mutual, I just surely just don't think anything you do with the right person's going to mess things up if they are your person and they're interested in you. But I understand wanting to like keep it cool in the beginning. (laughs) And I like, while I don't subscribe to a lot of dating rules in the beginning, I did typically like, not like I would not ever text first, but I did kind of err on the side of like letting them reach out to me. And I tended to be like more pursued and I would then react. So it's not like if you're worried about texting and reaching out so much that you're like going to come across as overbearing, like you could still feel free to still reach out. But if you want to like let them reach out to you majority of the time, then great. But yeah, just have your own life and your own plans. Yeah. And I'm the same way as you where I would naturally do that too, or even like mindfully do that. I would mindfully kind of like reach out less and respond when they reach out, but not be really like constantly the one setting things up or pursuing things. But it was like, I and I feel like I could say that for both of us that like neither of us did that. So they would like us more. We did it because we liked the feeling of being pursued and because it feels good to get the text from them. And like, we liked that feeling, but by no means do I think that like, if I hadn't done that, then the relationships that worked out for me wouldn't have worked out. Or like, if I had done that with other people, it would have worked out when it didn't because I was like too needy. Like, I just don't think that that you can mess it up with the right person yeah. <laughs> unless like, you're doing something like, morally wrong or you're like lying to them, like, really right. doing things that are like not, that are not respectful to them, then obviously it's going to mess it up. But if you're like yeah. texting too much or like coming off as like, they can tell you like them, then I don't think you're going to mess it up. There is something behind like not wanting right. all your cards on the table. And then also just to, I think this person probably just more so wants to protect themselves and not get right. interested in something that then they don't know if it's going to work out. So everything that Mia said, I agree with, I think keeping up with your own life and having your own plans, but also like let yourself be interested in them and let yourself like explore the fact that this like could be a relationship. It could turn into what you want or you want it to turn into. I don't think that you should block yourself from getting excited about, about this person, but don't put like all your energy into the relationship. And I think just naturally the act of keeping up with things in your own personal life with friends or family Mm -hmm. or whatever is going to help you kind of like juggle that and balance it out and not go in head first to something. And that even is the case if, even if they're telling you how much they like you and they want to be exclusive or they want to be in a relationship or whatever it is, you still want to keep up your own life. It doesn't matter like what point you are at in the relationship. That's just a way to like protect your own mental health is like having your own life outside of relationship. So I feel like that could apply to anybody in any stage of a relationship. You need your alone shows and you need your alone time. (laughs) Yeah, you need Um, that alone time. This question and what you were saying reminded me, like Dan and I knew each other for years before we started dating, but I feel like I did try to play it cool and I just let him pursue me a bit more. And I remember he messaged me and was like, are you ignoring me? Yeah. (laughs) And he meant that because I haven't, I guess, reached out to him first. It was just funny and like a cute memory I just had. Yeah, I think that's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) And then someone else asked how to stop having constant arguments after eight months of dating. Yeah, I think this is really tough. I'm going to flat out say it's like a major red flag if you're having constant arguments with someone after any amount of time of dating and eight months, especially that's like too early on. I can understand if like you're in a particular phase of a relationship with someone like you just had a kid or you one of you had something like major happen. And so like you are kind of on edge and there's more arguments happening. But eight months in, I'm not saying you should be in like this like amazing honeymoon phase where you never argue, but constant is just like not good. So 
I would say either this isn't the relationship for you or you guys just really need to work on communication. And I think that that's like the first step. I don't think you need to like throw in the towel just because you feel like you've been arguing a lot, but maybe take a second to think about like, is are there communication issues in the relationship that you can know as like a constant within these arguments, like something that does always happen. Like Mm -hmm. maybe one of you has a shorter temper or maybe one of you is sensitive, which is not a bad thing. Like you can be sensitive, but I feel like there, there probably are some repeating things that you can tie back to like these frequent arguments and then figure out how you can work on that and maybe figure out if there's things about your communication style that are patterns from old relationships too, that you're seeing that like that you could work on on your own, but it's probably something that you both need to work on together. And I think that eight months in is like a fine time to have a conversation with them about your communication. And like, you like how things are going, but you've been noticing that you're arguing a lot and you really want to move past that so that the relationship can like carry on, like maybe say things you like about the relationship. But if this part could just be resolved, then it would be like a million times better. Yeah, I agree. The constant wording is alarming, but I would think about what's going on and trying to find a through line between the arguments. And I do think around eight months, like the honeymoon phase could be ending and you're starting to like show your colors a little more or things you were, you know, scared about saying bothered you in the past. You're now feeling more comfortable, like, I don't know, airing your grievances. But when I think back to my own relationship and points when we started, when I could say there was a time we were constantly arguing, there was something else going on. Like, we were moving and things were like really stressful, but it wasn't the arguments we were having. The arguments were never about the thing we were fighting about because there was like one deep cause that we weren't addressing that was kind of like Mm. why both of our tempers were a little short and kind of the root of everything and I think I forget who we chatted about about this but you like get in a fight about like the toothpaste lid not being put back on the toothpaste cap not being put back on and like the argument's not about the cap on the toothpaste the argument's something else so I think I would do some thinking about what's going on here and then go to the person your partner like articulately, like Carly said, and just try to voice your feelings. Like I've been feeling that we've been arguing very frequently and try to just have a calm conversation about it where you're you're speaking about how you're feeling and how you can kind of get on the same page and solve the root of the issue. Yeah, because it is, like I said, it is like kind of a red flag, <laughs> constantly arguing when you're only eight yeah. months in. But if it's something you can work on now, then it'll better. It'll be better for the rest of the relationship. And it honestly could say nothing about this relationship. It could say something about your personal communication style that needs to change or theirs that needs to be worked on. So it's just like figuring out how your two communication styles mesh together and then how to like improve that moving forward. So I don't think it's, well, I say red flag. I don't think it's a deal breaker. I think it's something to try to work through. And then if it's not successful, then maybe this isn't the relationship for you. But working on your communication can change so many aspects of the relationship for the better. I agree. Should we do one more? Yes. So this question is, life is busy with the day to day. I keep asking for a date night out and he doesn't prioritize feeling stuck. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Very relatable. I think a lot of people in like similar to our last question, like eight month mark, start arguing more. Eight month mark, you stop planning fun, exciting dates and like kind of fall into the routine. This can happen after you move in together and you just start feeling like more comfortable. And when you move in, you feel like your whole life's a 
date night because you are together and you sometimes forget to continue dating each other and planning fun things. I know we've brought up Natasha Miller, who was our next week's episode a few times, but she gave us both advice that we both came home to our relationships and brought up with our partners, which is... Why don't you have two date nights a month, like on the calendar, and each of you take one to plan so that that doesn't put the onus on one person that doesn't come at it with like a negative confrontational thing like you never plan dates or I keep telling you Mm. that I want a date night and you're not prioritizing it. (laughs) I think that puts it on both of you because I do think you should both be active participants in planning your date nights and keeping the spark alive and keeping things exciting. So. I think that's a fun way to just kind of both do it. And then it'll be like exciting to see what does each person plan. And it could be a surprise date like Alana Dunn. We've had her on the podcast. She's the host of Seeing Other People and now Life in Progress. She and her fiance do these date card dates. Did you see her post about this? I feel like I saw them do this in Hawaii. Yeah, they do like a fun date card where they have little like note cards throughout the day that like gives a little hint to the activity they're about to do next. And I think that's so cute. Yeah, I think that's so (laughs) cute too. I like agree with this person that life is busy with day to day. Like it is. And you might keep asking them for a date night out. But first of all, also maybe you're just making little comments and you're not really saying like, I want to go out on more dates. I feel like sometimes you're not being some people and myself included aren't as direct as they think that they are. And so that could be just like building up in your head when really they're not actually like getting the point that you want to go out more or they're just getting wrapped up in the day to day, which is like very easy to do. So I love that tip from Natasha. I'm definitely going to do it. And it's something that you could easily bring up to your partner because two dates per month like is so manageable. It's not even like even once a week, I think is manageable, but that could feel like daunting to, to bring up to them when like the weeks do get busy. But saying we each plan one per month, that's literally one date that they have to plan per month and you'll plan the other one, I think is so fun. I also have seen people do and I think it's so fun coming up with date, like maybe sit down with your partner and come up with like a bunch of fun date ideas together and write them all down. And then you put them in a jar. Mm. And then like when the date night comes, you pick one out. And that's like what you do, which I think is so fun too. That is fun. Like a little surprise date for both of you, but that you already know you both actually want to do. So I think making it into some type of like ritual or or tradition like that will make it fun. And then also just straight out verbalizing to them. Like I feel like not like bored, but maybe like I feel kind of like antsy, like I want to be going out and doing more. And I'm not saying we have to go out every night, but like it would be really nice if we could plan a date night next week. And you don't have to put it all on them. Maybe you plan it together and then it kind of prompts them to do more of that. I think you could plan like a dinner out and then maybe that will it'll lead by example. So there's a lot of ways to spice things up and get more dates on the calendar. But I definitely feel this. And it's like everyone goes through this in relationships for sure. Yeah. I like this question. I also think that, oh, let's plan two dates and we'll each pick and plan one. Like you can do that for all sorts of things that you want to change in your relationship (laughs) because it like comes at it as like, oh, we're doing this. And like, I'm (laughs) going to plan one and you're going to plan. Yeah, I love it. I think it's such a good idea. I hope that Sean and I actually do it. Yeah, we need to put them on the calendar. (laughs) Yeah, I love these questions and we love getting the longer questions as well. So maybe next solo episode, we'll dive into a few longer questions. Those can be sent to us through DM or an email, which is hello at wearemostlybalanced.com. Yes. Thank you so much for listening and definitely tune in next week. We have a fun episode with Natasha. We dive into all conversations about sex and intimacy and it is really fun. You don't want to miss it. Yes. Thank you for listening. 